My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. In January 2009, I started my career in the automotive industry in sales at Sioux Falls Ford in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I still remember my first day. A few years after that, I moved to our sister dealership, Luxury Auto Mall of Sioux Falls, a Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and Sprinter store. I worked there in service and then managed the Express Loop. Every employee was given a values card, and I still have mine. I'm holding it now. It's laminated, not very big, something that can fit in your pocket. And there are seven values listed. Honesty and integrity, individual responsibility and accountability, dedication to excellence, cooperation and communication, ongoing improvement, the value of our people, and the value of being good citizens. As the years have gone on, and I look back at that time in my life, those first years in the automotive business, I regret that I didn't try harder to live those values. And I suppose that's the benefit of being a little older and a little wiser, or perhaps said another way, hindsight is 2020. Moving at the speed of mobility, this is AutoVision News Radio with Carl Anthony in Detroit, Michigan. Jennifer Lennox is the Vice President of People, Culture and Learning at Auto Canada. Auto Canada is a North American dealer group currently operating over 80 franchised locations comprised of 28 brands across eight provinces in Canada. In the United States, Auto Canada operates as a leader automotive group with 18 franchises in Illinois. In 2022, Auto Canada dealerships sold approximately 100,000 vehicles and processed over 900,000 service and collision repair orders, generating revenue in excess of $6 billion. Jennifer's focus is the people who make up Auto Canada, which at the time of this broadcast is over 6,000 team members. Renowned for her coaching skills, Jennifer is a seasoned executive with over 20 years of experience in people development and talent acquisition across a variety of industries, including retail, finance, and automotive. Like the values card I still have from my time at Sioux Falls Ford and Luxury Auto Mall, Jennifer shared the core values that underpin Auto Canada and why they are important to the organization. What I like to say is more importantly than kind of, you know, where we are located, it's really who we are. And we're working towards, you know, the same goals. So we've recently just united under one umbrella of our core values, and there are six of them. So the first one is that we are dedicated to the retention, growth, and recognition of our team members. So people, truly people focused first and foremost. The second one is that we set an unwavering standard of best in class. So we don't do anything without really focusing on an operational excellence component. The next one is really important because anyone can have customers. Our goal is to really build that customer loyalty. So we understand that any customer can walk through our door, but our job is to build that loyalty. And then the next is we have the courage to do what's right. And I'll finish that sentence even when no one's watching. So listen, we, we're really bound by the, you know, following ethical, legal, and moral practices. And we want to make sure we are all doing that. Uh, the next piece we look at is we challenge the boundaries of what's possible and embrace change. <laughs> Every industry has seen it. 
Um, but looking at the automotive industry, it is constantly iterating and we need to keep up with that and perhaps even get ahead of that. So that's really important to us. And finally, you walk into any dealership, for example, you'll see the different departments. You look at us through North America, we've got two countries. We look at uh, our locations, we work in multiple provinces. So our big motto is the one team piece, which is that we win together. So it does not just take one person, it's all in breaking down those silos and really working together. Jennifer, how do you get the Auto Canada team on the same page to align with those six values in every department from sales to body shop to fixed operations? How do you get everybody to believe in those six values, if you will? Yeah, good question. We've all worked at places where you see the the values up on a wall and you know people reference them. And what we've done is truly try to operationalize them. So first and foremost, none of it matters unless you have a leader at the helm of that boat that actually lives, breathes, and talks those values. Our president, Jeff Thorpe, if you ask him at any given time, what are those six values? What do they mean? He will recite it to you. He knows them. He created them with a team of us. He believes them. And he really drives that message in every single aspect. So it starts there. And then to truly operationalize it, everything we do needs to use those values, almost like a a filter. Anything that we do, any decision we make, it goes through those values. Every hire we make, are they aligned with our values? Uh, When we're promoting, is it aligned to our values? Um, Our customer experience, is it aligned with our values? So we're putting it into every piece of our business. So it's not just a, a statement on a wall, but it's like, hey, we're in a meeting today. Every dealership, every business center we've got, they'll point at those values when they're making decisions and say, okay, Let's go through those six values and see if this decision aligns with those values. So the more time, energy, and intention we put with these, we'll really see them start to to matter. And finally, sounds a little harsh, but it's really important to recognize we have accountability around those values. So if you are not living by those values and treating people by those values, we actually will hold you up to that and we will manage accordingly. Should you, for example, not manage with integrity or, you know, make a decision or treat our customers as if you're building loyalty. So really, we use those as well for um, accountability within all of us and within all of our team members. I asked Jennifer to take me through a typical day in her role at Auto Canada. I've mentioned the president, Jeff Thorpe, before, and um, one of his first hires at Auto Canada was my role. You know, we really set the stage very quickly that people have a seat at the table. So when I think about my job, it was very much to get the smartest and the brightest and the kindest and most thoughtful team members to support this business. When you break down, you know, a day in the life of my role, (laughs) it's a very specific filled, you know, calendar bookings that are usually very quickly thrown off by a more urgent matter, which is people. So if you think about, if you ask any leader, what is the most time consuming part of your role, it is the people aspect of what we do. And it's not always a bad thing. It's usually a great opportunity. Um, So I have to pivot quite often. That's a really um, important fact. Two, I spend a lot of my time working with the leaders within my department that are managing multiple asks within the business 
and we work together to prioritize those asks so we can make sure that the high priority ones which impact an individual a human forget the business just for a minute an mm. actual human yeah, um yeah. we prioritize that together so working with each leader to make sure that they're prioritizing and they have the support they have no blockers they have autonomy to make some decisions that they need to do and then i would say there's a lot of planning on what's coming up in the next quarter so uh, a lot of times we're, we kind of work on a cycle, right? So if you look at the automotive industry, you've got tire season, you've got spring yeah. sales. Everyone wants a beautiful, ban a fancy new car. You know, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of different things in the industry that are driving it. And we're usually aligned with the industry. So if we know that spring season's coming, then we've got a high hiring blitz going on. If it's tire season that we've, we're building training programs to support the team and our fixed ops departments to support the customers. So usually it'll go with that cycle. So we're pre-planning on how to support the business, but the heaviest piece, if I can go back to a day in the life of a vice president of people, culture and learning, it's truly managing the multiple priorities that are coming in from a 6,000 person plus organization and balancing those asks um, on a day-to-day -day piece and supporting my leaders. Jennifer mentioned tire training, and it's been forever since I've been through a good tire training class. I'd, I'd love the opportunity uh, to go through one again. But back in 2012, when I was at Luxury Auto Mall in Sioux Falls, all of us service advisors went through two full days of tire and oil training. And at the end of that, we were just really able to make better service recommendations to our customers. At that time in 2012, right around that time, Cadillac and other GM vehicles had started running Dexos oil. So we had a whole training series on that and then had a whole training series on synthetic oils like Mobile One. And you're going to have to fact check me on this because this has been a long time ago, but we learned how Mobile One met the GF5 specification. And I don't quite remember all of that, but Mobile One is a full synthetic, could meet the requirements of the GM Dexos oil. So we learned sort of what oils would meet that specification. And again, it's been so many years since I've had this. So GF5, if you're an oil expert, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, or you'll be able to correct me and be like, Carl, no, that's not it at all. You're, you're not remembering your training well. But like I had back in the day, Auto Canada team members have access to additional training and education materials. Everybody in a dealership has access to the manufacturer's training. So that that comes and it's wonderful materials and very different based on the manufacturer. So Auto Canada and Leader, basically what we're doing now is we're complementing that with what we call playbooks. So we're actually bringing people together and and getting them aligned that way because we're so broad and, and all over the place. And it's a cool, like what you just said, it's a really cool reaction from the team members saying, we'll take it, whatever you got, give us you know, the best practices, help us in the dealership to implement these processes and, and these new ways of working. Like they really desire it. The complacency factor is no longer existent. Nobody wants to sit doing the same routine thing every day. They want to keep striving to get better. We've had a really good response on our uh, learning and development processes recently. As Auto Canada's Vice President of People, Culture and Learning, Jennifer's passion for her work is often ignited when she sees people coming together for a common purpose. I always think about, just think about the word, you know, diverse and 
equity and just think about people's differences and how beautiful it is when different perspectives come in to solve a problem. That's the best way to state it. You know, if we all thought the same and acted the same, we really wouldn't be moving forward in this world like we are. So I just love the different opinions and different advice and different thoughts. So really, you know, for us, it's, you know, having that inclusive workforce is crucial for fostering the diversity, equity, and positive work environment. And you will organically see it, but also surveys and data will tell you that people thrive and you get the best possible version of people if they feel safe in their environment to be who they are. If anybody can take anything away from this, it's it's so easy to read the books and to talk about it, but the accountability and the the check-ins to make sure we're all aligned and we believe this will really come together nicely if we make it intentional. So, you know, building that inclusive workforce is an ongoing process. It doesn't just happen overnight and it requires commitment, awareness, and that continuous effort from the leaders, but also our employees, your peers and who you work beside, they also need to understand it. So keep educating, you know, make sure within your annual cycle of what you're rolling out to your team and what you're teaching in your dealerships and your collision centers is all about that continuous discussion about what we can do better, how we can educate, you know, where are the gaps, making it a free space for people to be like, oh, I'm I'm ignorant to this. I, I don't quite understand it. Sure, sure. And just giving them that space. So overall, again, it doesn't happen overnight, but just keep asking the questions and encouraging people to really check in on what they can do better. Jennifer shared with me that when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, leaders in the workplace have to create an environment where all races, religious beliefs, and sexual orientations feel welcome, that their ideas and concerns will be heard and their successes acknowledged and celebrated. In May of 2023, the Pew Research Center published the findings from its study on diversity, equity, and inclusion. That study took place between February 6th and February 12th, 2023. And I quote, The Pew Research Center conducted this study to better understand how adults in the United States think about diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts in the workplace. This analysis is based on survey responses from 4,744 U.S. adults who are working part-time or full-time, are not self-employed, and whose company or organization has more than 10 people. I will leave a link to this study from the Pew Research Center in the show notes. Among the key findings are how women are more likely than men to value diversity, equity, and inclusion at work. In the DEI study from the Pew Research Center, over 50% of women say such initiatives are a good thing, compared with half of men. More women than men say it's extremely or very important to work at a place that is diverse when it comes to gender, race and ethnicity, age and sexual orientation. I'm not an expert on this topic, so I can't pretend that I am. And being a man, I've never faced the hurdles that some of my friends who are women in automotive have. But when I look at things like this finding from the Pew Research Center or other similar studies, there's a historical precedence here. It's not a surprise is what I'm trying to say, that more women than men support DEI type of initiatives. I recall my women in literature class 
This is over 20 years ago in college. This was my very first exposure to how the scales were tipped in favor of men as opposed to women in the professional world. So in my women in literature class, I learned that female journalists had to write under male bylines if they even wanted to be considered. They even wanted to be considered for publication. And sometimes that wouldn't even matter because the male journalist would just take credit for their work anyway. So that, I think a lot about that class over 20 years ago as I hear the stories of my friends in automotive who are women, or I have the opportunity to interview members of organizations like Women in Autonomy and the Automotive Women's Alliance Foundation. And then it makes sense why both of those organizations and, and other women-centric organizations in automotive and technology, why they spend so much time and energy trying to pave a path for younger women. While Jennifer acknowledges that women do have an uphill climb in automotive, she does see a silver lining and she does see some light at the end of the tunnel. I continue to say and say it this way. If you get out of what kind of the stereotype is, and I go back to that a lot, and you go and ask the women that are in automotive what they think, they'll tell you that they don't want to leave. Once they get here, they don't want to leave. Sure, sure. But the stereotype still sets the stage that, you know, ultimately they they really they don't necessarily have a space here. It is not about not having a space in automotive. It's about women in particular not applying or reaching out to work here because they don't know how wonderful it is to work as a woman here, if that makes sense. It does. It does. So I will state, and I continue to state, the only way to change this is for more women to join automotive and tell our stories about how wonderful it is to be here. I left the industry for a very short period of time and I missed it every minute I was away. And I, I would have never grown up saying I want to be an automotive. I, it wasn't even an option. It was like, to me, I pictured you know, a very different environment. And here I am, was here for a few years, left back. And I'm just at my best when I'm here because it is my kind of people. I just love the, I love the, the people, people focus, if that makes sense. Um, You know, we have fun, we joke around, it's a little nostalgic. You know, we, we still pick up the phone and call each other, you know, and, um, I have two peers that I sit with as um, my peers on uh, the executive level at the vice president seat. And we'll all tell you that it is just an opportunity that we sit in, that we can offer this contrast of, you know, what somebody else may say, but our, you know, we have a seat at the table and it's, and it's well-received and, and we love it. So again, I, I encourage people to go ask current women in automotive what they think, and that'll break every stereotype you've ever had, in my opinion. To a certain level. I'm sure there's still areas of opportunity, but yes, I, I think yes. you'd be shocked. So, yeah. As our conversation came to a close, I asked Jennifer what legacy she would like to leave at the end of her career. In my kind of life and career, I wasn't necessarily given all of the opportunities in life to be able to be successful necessarily. Um, you know, been on my own since I was 15, and I just I kept fighting. I kept fighting and I never gave up, even though some days were very tough. I joke around the guy, Mike from Suits, where, you know, I I didn't necessarily fit in or people were going to catch on or 
a little bit of the imposter piece. There was a pivotal moment in my career during the Myers-Briggs piece, which I always go back to, where it talks about differences. And there's one particular dichotomy within Myers-Briggs, which talks about our decision-making and how some people are very thinking black and white, and some are very feelings and values-based. And I always wondered why I was so different, it felt like, from so many leaders. And I sat on this other end of this dichotomy, which is when I made decision, my heart was in it. I wasn't always data-driven, but I certainly understood risk, but I really cared about people. And I was always trying to be this different person in the crowd. And when I was certified in Myers-Briggs, it really resonated with me that I'm different from some of the people I sit around that table with, and I just need to own it. And I'm going to feel uncomfortable and I'm going to feel different. But the minute I did that, even in my personal life, everything changed where I just said, you know what, forget it. This is my strength. My strength is relationship building. My natural organic way of being is that I actually put people first in my brain. So when I'm in a room, with other people that are trying to figure out and solve a problem, I represent half of the people they're gonna be impacting and I need to contribute to that conversation. So I took it and I, I focused on it and I practiced and I brought it to the table and my career skyrocketed. My legacy and what I wanna leave behind is reminding every single person, I don't care who you are, what you look like, your gender, I don't care about any fact. It's the minute you figure out your space and what you bring to that table, own it, deliver it, and don't let anybody question you on it. Because with that, you will absolutely make an impact. To learn more about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, see the link in the show notes. AutoVision News Radio is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and more. In Detroit, alongside Jennifer Lennox, I'm Carl Anthony. Auto Vision News Radio.